Good morning. My light's green. Oh, I can hear me now. <laughs> so this morning we're going to continue um, our series on trained family. And so we have some couples uh, this morning. We have two. You guys get a double dose. Yeah, it's going to be good too because we have uh, Lanita and uh, Rocky Castillo with us this morning. And we're going to have Patrick and Nikki Drake up here with us. You guys can come on up if you want and get in the hot seat up here. Uh, so this message, this series has been uh, called Train Family because we've been training, uh, t- trying to train families. <laughs> and I think most of us up here have been trying to train by example of some, a lot of not what to do. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> uh, do, do this instead. Um, but we're really trying to get the message across of how important it is to have Jesus in your life and Jesus in your home and in your family so that as you lead uh, your family, you're training up more disciples and you're establishing the kingdom of God starting in your own home. And so that's really the purpose of this, me- of this series. And so we're going we're gonna to take off today with these lovely people. So I'll just start with um, uh, Patrick and Nikki Drake. Um, they've been attending here, I don't even know how many years, a lot of years. A long time. A long time. He says a long time. <laughs> no, it's been about seven or eight, I think. Yeah, it's been a good bit. They're elders of the church, um, in case you didn't know that. Um, and they help pastor to oversee, and they help pastor Karen to oversee. They help them uh, to execute vision, and they encourage the staff, and they encourage the pastors. So it's great to have our elders. Rocky and Nita are also elders, and as you had heard Pastor Greg say, they've been here since before the beginning. <laughs> they're, the, they're the pre-beginning people, um, and they're just pillars of the church. Um, of course, Rocky runs the Rocco's Coffee Shop for us and makes all those excellent drinks. So I'll just start with you guys. Of um, just give us a little bit about your family. Your you know who you are, your family, a little bit of your. Um, we have been married four, fourteen years in February. Um, between us, we have seven kids. We have been married to others before. Um, we have one left in the house. She graduates in May, and then we're empty nesters. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the adventure. Yeah. 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 So were both of you guys, um, were both of you guys raised in church? Yeah, I was. You were? Yeah. And Patrick? I was not. (laughs) If any of you know me, you probably sense that when you meet me. Um, I was actually raised in a house that, and I've told this in my testimony, that my dad was an evil person. Hmm. And he said that God hated me because my last name was Drake. And that's what I grew up. And then my grandparents went to a Catholic church. Wow. And so all I knew is God hated me because I wasn't Catholic. And so that was my idea of who God was. And I got saved when I was 19. And uh, the two men that led me to Christ are still my best friends today. I mean, I consider them closer than brothers. And... The Lord has just done amazing things in my life. 
and makes me happy. Amen. And then to bless me with an amazing woman makes it even better. Amen. I was given two orders this morning. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> and don't embarrass me. <laughs> and, and as a disclaimer, <laughs> I can't promise either one of them. <laughs> so, Rocky and Nita, tell us about you and your family. Okay, well, we uh, and Lenita have been together for 37 years, and uh, we've been married for 30. Um, We have uh, five children, and uh, I have another children. Our our life is an open book, so we're not ashamed or we're not uh, bashful about telling anybody about it. We've, uh, We've done a lot of wrong, you know. But we've also done a lot of right. Yes. But uh, thank God, you know. And so uh, we have Roxanne is our oldest, and uh, Ruben, and uh, we have Chelsea, and Casera, and Aubrey. And then Faith is a child I have outside of our marriage, and we'll we'll get into that probably later. <laughs> Were you guys raised in church? No, uh, I, I lived in a godless home. Uh, I didn't have. I didn't grow up with my mom and dad. I grew up with my mom, and but I had my dad. Uh, you know, he he was a drinker and a womanizer, and so I grew up thinking that's what life was about. You know, and so uh, and I did exactly what he did. And uh, even though uh, I, me and Lenita met when we had just turned seventeen, and uh, I, I like to say I was madly in love with her, but I was madly infatuated. You know, I didn't know what really what love was, what, what love was, because I didn't have a mom and dad as an example, you know. So I just seen my dad do what he did, and my mom, she just stayed single, and uh, she'd have a boyfriend here and there, and but, uh, and so that's how I grew up, and we met, and, uh, we met on, uh, in, we're both from Fresno, California, and so we met, uh, my best friend had introduced us, and he was uh, a crime partner of mine, but uh, he, he introduced me. Hmm? I was on my way to church. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you. So I, I did know, because my grandma used to take me by the hand and walk me to church, so I did know. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, got baptized, and that's when I was about 13, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so I did know, um, you know, I had walked some time with Jesus, and then, like he said, you know, things happen in our life. So, yeah, that's just a little bit about us. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys had been previously married to other people, and... Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I was married before. Um, I was widowed young. He was taken way too soon. Um, and through that healing process, it was, it was tough. Um, then God dropped this guy in front of me, and he kind of, uh, <clears throat> he's, he's good for you. This is where I want him. And I'll swear, he kind of winked at me and said, good luck. This is, this is the guy you're going to get. Yeah. 
he's been a blessing for my family. Um, it was difficult, I think, for him at first. Um, he kind of had to live with a ghost, I think. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come into a situation like that with the family mm-hmm. when uh, his name was Tony. He was a very good man. He took very good care of our family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, How was it for you to, uh, you know, entertain the thoughts of remarrying and someone replacing your husband and for the children to accept someone as a, a new father? <laughs> We're getting uh, a new dad, right? It's taken time. Uh, just give it time. And it wasn't, I'm not replacing anybody. Uh, he didn't replace anybody. That was something else that was blessed, that was good, I was loved, I was cared for. Uh, my family loved him. This is different. This is That's new. Good. Yeah. That's good. And it was hard for me because, uh, like she mentioned, that I was fighting a ghost. But when you get divorced, it's not a big deal. There's somebody else you don't like. There's a reason why they're not there anymore. Right. And so, you know, it's easy to defend your spouse against that person and look like the good guy. Well, they had a great relationship. She loved him. He loved her. They had a great family. And then he was gone. So I don't know that she put that on me, but she was very good about not throwing him in my face, about not comparing me. But that didn't stop me from comparing myself because I, I was kind of a confidant for her because she could talk to me about things she couldn't talk to everybody else because everybody else saw him as the guy that walked on water and did everything right and nothing wrong. And, but he was, a, he was a human. You know, we all make mistakes. And so she was able to share with me those things she couldn't share with anybody else. And I got that. But at the same time, I was thinking, okay, I'm never going to be this guy. And I spent the first couple of years trying to replace that. And then I realized that I didn't have to, that that was another part of her life and that I was the new part of her life and that I just need to be me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not him. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. Just like there's a lot of differences with her from my ex-wife, who was psycho, I was, I was always attracted to the crazy ones and she's different and she is totally different. I mean, the Lord dropped her in my heart before I even realized what was going on. Now we knew each other through her sister. It's really weird. My ex-wife was best friends with her sister. So we both knew about each other through Laura and uh, we ended up together, and it was a blessing. And she's unlike any woman I've ever known because she's so amazing. She's strong. She's witty. She can keep up with me. She can call me on my junk whenever. I mean, she has no problem in just saying, okay, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, and we need that sometimes. You know, but at the same time, she is supportive. She's loving. She's caring. So... And not psycho. And that really makes a difference. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bonus right there. <laughs> not psycho. <laughs> uh-huh. It's important in a situation like that, if anybody else is going through something like that, just be aware that the new spouse has to be given their chance to be, in, in my instance, the leader of the house. Um, it can't be it's my way or the highway. Um, 
uh, just relying on God and giving him time, having a sense of humor. Um, Tony's not forgotten. That relationship was important, and it's part of my past. It's part of who I am. And I keep a small picture of him on my nightstand, us together. That was a life I don't want to forget, but this is the life now. This is important. This is where my focus is. This is where God wants me. We're doing good things. Amen. So you guys have a little bit of a different story. You started Uh, off um, with a very worldly relationship. It's the same man, but, you know, the other Rocky is dead. Amen. (laughs) Today he's a new creation. Um, So it... Because we were, we, I mean, we lived very worldly. We, we drank. We were not in love. We were in lust with each other at 17 years old. There, we had no clue what love was. We just knew that we were in lust with each other. Um, and we, oh, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy. Um, but I, I thought that's what love was. Because he would be so jealous and he would, you know, after we got together, he would say, you cannot have but one or two curls in your hair. Today I have a head full of curls. But, <laughs> but you know, he was, it was so controlling that, um, and I, I, I guess I kind of knew like after the first time, you know, he would get so upset about, um, now you're with me. This is how things are going to be. And but for me, because I, I thought, oh, that's just love. He just loves me so much. But it really wasn't love. It, you know, we had to learn and grow. We were just kids. We were truly just kids. Um, and but I was, I would do whatever he said. You know, okay. Um, we had our first baby, uh, Coco. I call her Coco. Um, at 18, things didn't change for us. He was still running, running around, drinking, coming home. You know, get over here. You cook me and my friend something. And we just back and forth. And, you know, I knew better. My grandma would tell me, why are you putting up with this? Mijita, you don't have to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you're better. I've, I've taught you. We go to church, but... I didn't want to hear her. I would just say, um, no, Grandma, he loves me. I promise. He loves me, Grandma. He's going to change. He will. And through the years, you know, we would just still, we had, then we had Reuben. And just, it got worse. It got bad. It got really bad um, to where, was I 28? About 28 years old, huh? I was around 28. He was dealing lots of drugs and flying to Oklahoma, not here, but to Oklahoma City, transporting a lot of things. And I would just stay at home still like the, you know, good little girl I was supposed to be. Um, And then I think it was around 28 years. I think I was about 28. um, I, my heart just started to get hard and I wasn't going to put up with it no more. And I think it's because I started getting introduced to different little things, you know, just within friends and everything. And then the tables kind of had had turned by then. 
uh, we had the four kids, but I remember being so hardened in my heart, which at once I was, I remember being so young, crying in bed, like, why, God, why does he do this to me? Why can't I just be the only person he loves? Why does he do this and that? And then as time went on, the tables kind of had turned, and I had met people I probably should have never mm-hmm. interacted with. So by then, I was really hardened and didn't even realize what I was doing to the kids because I, I le- up and left everybody. I would, I just, I was like, I'm not going to deal with him. I'm not going to deal with the kids. I knew he had Reuben. My parents took care of the other kids. And so I was like, I'm, you know, I mean, it was because I was so bad on drugs too. And it hardened your heart. You don't, you don't even feel you're not a normal person. You're so hardened. You can't even, because today, my God, oh my God, I cannot even imagine ever leaving those babies today and so it it has been and so for four years I left them and by this time you know after we got back together he would tell me that he would pray for me when he was in Washington and this is a man that had not grew up in church so he didn't really know but he said he would talk to God and he would say please you know, put it, bring us back together, you know, and, 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 and keep her safe and, and just watch over her. And there were so many times, multiple times that I should have died. And God, you know, his angels, they just kept me safe. And, and it was for such a time as this today, just to be able to tell everybody of, of it's not ever been really easy what we've been through. Um, when I, uh, I had, we ha- I had an experience. I ended up um, having an out-of-body experience. I went to hell, and I went back to my mom's. And by this time, he was like, mm, "She's she's still gonna just keep wavering. I'm not gonna believe her, you know." And I remember walking in the back of my mom's house, and I said, "Okay, okay, God, you delivered me. I'm free and I'm clean." But my God, I have every urgency to take off down that street and leave all of them again because I wanted to go get high so bad again. And, you know, it's funny is my aunt, she was drinking a 40 ounce. (laughs) She come walking around the corner smoking a cigarette. And I was mad, just yelling at God in the back. And she said, kid, you're supposed to go to Oklahoma. And I said, Oklahoma there's no way I'm going to Oklahoma but you know God used her to talk to me and he she said I'm gonna end up dying with my 40 you've lost almost your life you've lost your kids you lost your husband what else can you lose by going and I said okay I might as well just take the chance and go so I ended up coming here And I tell you guys all that because it was not easy when we got here. It was not easy. When was it that you called and knew I was here? You came in October of 98, and then I came in November of 98. And uh, I remember when uh, me and and my son came together, and we uh, took the Greyhound bus, and 
when uh, we got here, it was like a winter wonderland, you know. No one gave me a heads up that it was cold, you know. So all I had was a, a windbreaker jacket, real thin jacket, you know, and I stepped off the bus, and and uh, she was there to, to get me, you know, and I was freezing. <laughs> and so uh, it was like a big sheet of ice over everything. It was some kind of a storm that year. And... Uh, so uh, we, when, uh, we went home. It was 12 of us living in a three-bedroom house, and we all shared a one-bedroom. We shared one bedroom, all six of us. And so we did that for nine months. And during that time, you know, we started going to church, and the first church service that we attended, uh, I was expecting Pastor David Emi, you know, and... Instead, I seen Pastor Greg, and we walking through the church doors. I seen this guy with dark hair, tall, you know, and uh, he had a bright blue suit on, you know. I thought I needed sunglasses. To, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, on the way up, I was still getting high myself on the way up with my son. Now, he wasn't getting high, but I was, I was high. And uh, so I was just barely getting off drugs myself, you know. And then when I came into the church and I seen uh, Pastor Greg, he's hugging everybody. You know, I'm hardened. I'm hardened, you know. I'm thinking I'm tough, you know, and this and that because I just <laughs> came from that lifestyle. And I say, oh, man, I hope you don't try to hug me, you know. And uh, so, but when I got to the door, because I hadn't been hugged, never, <laughs> by any other man except for my dad, you know. And, uh, and when I got to the auditorium doors, he, I, st- I stuck out my hand, and he goes, oh, come here, and he gave me a, he didn't even know me, you know, but, and at that point, the hardness that I walked in with, when he gave me that hug, it just melted like a candle, you know, it was just like, amen, and I don't know what happened, but it happened, <laughs> And so, God is good. Amen. Uh, you know, I'll never forget that. As long as I live, I'll never forget that hug, you know, yeah. that uh, a preacher gave me and, yeah. and it just broke me Amen. and shattered me into pieces. And it, from that point on, you know, we just, uh, we loved coming to church and we loved to serve. We love people, you know, from that point, I just just began to love people. The more we came to church and the more we read our Bible together, you know, and, uh, well, that not yet, but, uh, so we, we really bypassed a lot. We bypassed a lot to this point. So, uh, I started just serving, ushering, whatever, cleaning the church. I, helped him clean the church, Jeremy Trickler, you know, I just wanted to serve and I was so thankful that God had delivered us from where we came from. Because I had, I was so abusive to her and my kids. And so to be delivered from that, we were happy that we were together, you know, because we, me and her were always splitting up, breaking up, you know, and back and forth. And so this, when we moved, we got here, 
even though our living conditions was rough, you know, we were all still happy and we celebrated our first Christmas together, you know, uh, clean and sober, you know. And uh, so that's where we're, I mean, today uh, we've had, We've had a lot of good people in our life through the years, you know, the Greg and Karen Hurds, the Rita and James Johnsons, and the Dave and Millie Warwicks of our life who kept us going, you know. Amen. They checked on us, they called us, and, and we, there would be times where, you know, we would miss a Sunday, you know, and they would, they would, be, <laughs> they would be at our door knocking on the door, and I'd be it's like, oh, man, it's Dave and Millie, you know, and... Uh, so I'd open the door and, and, and they'd say, we missed you today, you know, and <laughs> so we're thankful that God put good people in our lives yes. to help us stay on track. Of course, I backslid. I went back to California two years later after, even after finishing one year of Bible school, you know, uh, the devil does not care yeah. about your about your service or your degrees. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop coming after you. And he, yeah. he especially wants the head of the house. Mm-hmm. He wants the head of the household because he, once he takes the head out, everything else comes tumbling down. Yeah, that's right. So I went back. I returned. Uh, I, like the Bible says, dog returns his vomit. I did, slurped it up and, and uh, <laughs> returned to drugs and alcohol. You know, and then I had an affair with this woman who uh, just so happened to be from Inola, and I ended up getting her pregnant, and uh, she had a child, and I told her, I said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to stay with you. I'm going to straighten up, and I'm going back to my wife, you know what I mean? And uh, so I did that, and she goes, well, then that's when I found out she was from Inola, so she followed me here and went to Inola and so we had to deal with that you know that was a big challenge there you know but uh by the way we both have children from other people yeah Uh, I just never said anything you know I just never you know anyways uh so uh when I came back it was nine months later uh I, God wanted to get my attention because I still wasn't going, we still didn't come back to church. I was still drinking, you know, and uh, she had went to a 50 cent concert one night and, <laughs> and <laughs> she was with her friend and uh, we, she came home and I was drinking, you know, my Budweiser and uh, there was this woman there that it was a friend of mine's mother. Well, I wasn't talking to her but but just because she was there she got mad and said well, who's this he blankety blank you know and I said I don't know just you know so anyways we got into a, a fight over that and her friend butted in and I ended up pushing her friend to the side but she went home and told her son that I had hit her well uh I did kick the car door but anyways uh <laughs> she went home and uh She went home and told her son that I had uh, hit her. And so I went later. I said, well, let's let everything calm down. And I went to pick her, uh, went to, wanted to pick her up and take her and bring her back home. 
Well, uh, her son and all, I think he, he had his cousins, and they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And I'm in a Dodge minivan, you know, and I'm thinking they're all taking their shirts off. Hey, you know, come on, you hit my mom, this and that. I said, I said no, I didn't touch your mom, pushed her or moved her out of the way. And, uh, and so they're coming towards the van, and the only thing I can think of, I said, I can't fight them all. So I, I meant to run them over. I stepped on the gas and meant to run all of them over because I knew I couldn't fight them all. But anyways, uh, I went back home. I went back home, and uh, there was a cop waiting for me, and he took me to jail. And my son is with me on top of that, you know, and we all got baseball bats. We went back with baseball bats, and then the cop came, and I seen the cop there, and I said, oh, crap, and I... I passed it up, went home. He came and arrested me, and uh, I went to jail uh, for a bunch of felonies and some misdemeanors. And so I was in jail, and uh, there was a church service in jail after four days. I was there for four days, and uh, it was an old black Baptist preacher, you know. I was like, well, I'm just going to go. I'll go to church, you know what I mean? And little did I know that that was another point in my life which the Lord broke me because I needed to repent and come back to, to God, you know. Yeah. And so when he preached a message that I'll never forget either, you know. It was like Pastor Greg giving me that hug, you know, that, that broke me again, you know. And yeah. so in jail, you know, you're supposed to act the part, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was me and one other guy that uh, it, we were both broken and we just, we're bawling and asking the Lord to forgive us. So we rededicated. And that was 23 years ago. And I've, I've been, those, those people that I was talking about earlier came back and, and didn't shun me. They came back Amen. and they, they loved me regardless, yes. you know. And so, Amen. and so here we are today, 23 years later. Amen. God is good. So, Patrick, <clears throat> Rocky had mentioned something earlier about... Uh, being the head of the house, that the devil comes after the head of the house, and that and and obviously he had some struggles with taking his place there. What was it like for you stepping in um, to a family that had already been made and then broken, and trying to come in and help? I'm sure they were still healing, and then trying to find your place and navigate that. What was that like for you? Heck. <laughs> Just pure heck. It was, I mean, you have to understand, our our uh, situation was, I had an ex-wife that was crazy. And so I had custody of my kids. She would wind them up and send them back and tell them how much they hated her. Because she was upset because I didn't want to be with her anymore and her boyfriends. And so she took that personal, which I don't understand to this day, but she did so she took it out on my wife through my kids. Yeah. Well, then Tony had a daughter and a son that their mom was crazy. And so they had their own issues. Plus, they had just lost their dad. And so then she has kids that this was their stepdad. It's just, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it just it's like a TV drama, you know. Yeah. And so for me to come in. I don't know where to stand because at the time I was very 
you may not understand this, but I was very blunt <laughs> and very straightforward. I don't play around. I don't do games. I don't do politics. I throw it out on the table, say, here's everything. Let's just sort it out. Well, not everybody reacts well to that. Mm-hmm. And she did not. And, you know, no offense, but she kind of came from the, let's just shove it under the rug and we'll deal with it 20 years from now. And <laughs> I'm like, I want to get it out on the table. I just, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I had to learn to walk softly and carry a big stick, you know. And at the same time, I'm trying to be easy with my boys because I know what they're going through, that this is just awful for them. And then I raised them one way. She raised her kids another way. And then they raised his kids another way. So it was just a, it was a mess. But through it all, we were able to develop a relationship in which she slowly gave me control as I proved to her that I could take that control. You know, not that I'm beating her over the head with it or anything, but she became submissive, like the Bible says, and I respected who she was, and I respected her as my spouse, so we were able to work as a team with me leading the team. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so doing that, we were able to navigate through all that together, you know, and honestly, the only thing that really kept us together a lot of the times is she's really mean (laughs) she's strong and she threatens me so just so that we have this on record tv time out tv time out (laughs) so what was it like for you to be able to trust yourself and your family again um, to a, a new husband and, and trying to get your family to blend well. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was difficult. Um, it's a lot of praying in the shower and uh, crying, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Get yeah. me out of this. This was, uh, I never had to say, uh, Lord, change him, <clears throat> because I knew he would tell me it was me and I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> I wasn't ready to hear it. Um, it was just given it time his his ego had been broken um, he had been attacked as a a father and a man and it's it's uh caring for his sensitivities um, and wanting to care for my kids and and tony's kids in that you can't you can't bulldoze them we're still healing it was uh because you never know how long it's going to take to move past something like this. Yeah. Um, it it just took time, a lot yeah. of praying. Yeah. He. Uh, it was just making sure that uh, he understood these <laughs> these kids needed a little bit of time, yeah. and you you can't be harsh when they are trying to navigate mm-hmm. a new relationship. And a church makes all the difference. I mean, we went to Word of Life. That's where we started dating. She was going to Word of Life, and I was going to a Baptist church just because it was comfortable. That's where I'd gotten saved at. I knew everybody. I just needed some ground to stand on. And so she said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And that's when I met David Emi. Now, Greg had already left the church, 
So I didn't ever get to meet Greg, but we ended up moving out here, and I drove past here on the way to Sand Springs every Sunday thinking, wow, that would be nice to be at church already. And the Lord said it's not time. And it's because of what we got from Word of Life. You know, we got stuff. I mean, there's people here that are, are friends of mine that we met there that encouraged us. And because of that grounding, we were able to get past our worldly views towards each other and towards the family and just stand firm in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think if it hadn't been for that, because I don't know how she stayed with me because it was a rough time for her. You know, I mean, I really had it pretty easy because... You know, I'm a pretty go easy go lucky guy. I mean, I just kind of take it and move on. But I was dumping a lot on her because, you know, I, I didn't like the situation and she wasn't dealing with it and I wanted her to deal with it. You know, but sometimes you just gotta ride the storm. You know, we were talking this morning, what's the one thing that we would want to give to somebody? Because I mean, we have an amazing relationship. I love my wife with all my heart. She's an amazing woman. We're able to to minister and do things that I never thought I was ever going to be able to do. And I would just say that it's not as big a deal as you think it is. You know, and that was my thing is I had to realize that even though we were in a storm, it wasn't as big a deal. When you look back a year from now, the stuff that you're going through now, you're probably not even going to remember unless somebody brings it up to you. You know, and I think about all the stuff we've been through over 14 years, and you have to really stop and think about stuff. And when you think about it, you think, oh, wow, we almost separated because of this. And it's like, what? Really? God, look at what we're going through now. That was nothing. <laughs> you know, I mean, the last couple of years have been really tough on us. And the only fights we ever had were with our kids. I mean, that was, that was all we ever fought about. And we had some doozies. Like I said, she's really strong. (laughs) But now the kids are all gone and come back and gone and come back. (laughs) And, you know, we're dealing with other things. And because of the relationship that we built during all that, it has built us into a solid team. So just understand that the things that you're going through are making you stronger Mm -hmm. as long as you trust in the Lord. Amen. Because that's where your strength is going to come from. Yes. That's where that bond is going to come from. Because without that, you're just two people going down this crazy road of life. Mm-hmm. You know, and Amen. that's what makes the difference is mm-hmm. the word and Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I had grown up in church, a small little Baptist church in Sand Springs, and it was all fire and brimstone every Sunday. Um, but God has a plan, and he knows what is best for you at the time. Yes. And uh, several months before we lost Tony, I was encouraged to go to Word of Life with my sister because she was a member there. And I felt like this is where I need to go. And I got some strong teaching under Pastor Emi. And um, several months later, Tony was gone. And it's okay. I've got to gather my flock. It's dealing with all the things you have to deal with, with exes and kids. And I've got to protect my family. I've got to protect them. I've got to get us through this. They got me up every day. It was, uh, it was difficult. And it was, um, had I not had that, it, it would have been more difficult because then he comes in and he's got his, let's deal with it, and his kids would come in with their, 
junk, and I have felt it was my job to protect him, to defend him from his own kids. I've got to defend him from his kids. Like, yeah. that was my job somehow. Right. And that took time to step back and go, okay, can you do this? Can you? And he proved that he could. That was, that was difficult because it's yeah. like these are, these are precious. These are my kids. I've taken care of them. Can mm-hmm. you do this as well? And that was uh, that basic, just getting the word in. It's that foundation that God rebuilt in me mm-hmm. under Pastor Emi. I gave me something to stand on. And Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys had a lot of um, things happen in your marriage individually. Uh, you talked about drugs and alcohol and infidelity. And then you came back together. So what, what, what was it like trying to, you know, allowing God to heal you and bring forgiveness towards one another and build your marriage the way God had intended it to be? Um, and see, that is so good because I had to learn to love me. God, I mean, I had built such a relationship with God that I had to learn to forgive me and to love me because how could I ever love him and forgive him because I would still feel that stuff that rises up within me. And so I had to learn to love me and know that I am a daughter of the Most High God. It does not matter. And, um, and, and then let's talk about the kids. I mean, you don't think about... It wasn't all just you get back together and, oh, my gosh, the family, you know, no. It was a work in progress because the kids, and I had had to realize this, they had a lot of baggage. They were hurt. They had seen things that they should have never seen, the older kids. Mm -hmm. So they were dealing with a lot of stuff within their self also. And there was a lot of anger within them and disrespect and dishonor for both of us because they, to to them, it was like, whatever, they're going to go and do their thing again. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day we were at School of Life and I I was crying. I went to Pastor Greg's office and I said, I just don't know what to do. I said, and and he was just very straightforward with me. (laughs) He said, Juanita, you are going to have to stop feeling so guilty that you left them. Stop allowing them to bring that up to you. And the next time they do, he said, you look right at them and you tell them to go dig her up in the back or go sit in the back and talk to her because she's dead. Amen. <laughs> and that was so profound to me that I was just talking to my daughter the other day on the phone and she was saying that. You know, remember when you, we used to call you, tell us, go talk to her. She's dead in the back. But because it stuck even with the children, it did. It stuck with them, too, because I had to learn that I could not allow the guilt that I was feeling to uh, for them to disrespect and dishonor me as their mom because she was gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was not that person anymore. I, I was a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ, and I knew who I was, and so I had to allow them to know that too. Mm-hmm. No, you will not talk to me that way. You will not disrespect me or your father. We, we are not those people, and if you don't like it, get out. Mm-hmm. Because 
did what couple of them were older and and I think what truly won our two oldest ones over was they needed to see because they didn't have that stability mom would come in after partying for a couple months she'd sleep for a few hours and she would be gone again dad was doing his own thing they didn't have that so naturally they were messed up inside too and so it took a while when we got back here but I remember um, Millie saying one time they saw you guys be so just on drugs and doing everything that what makes you think that it's going to just at a snap of a finger turn them around to know that you guys are really being faithful to God and that you guys are truly going to walk this life out. And I remember thinking, gosh, that is so true. Like Mm -hmm. they need to see that we are rooted and grounded and that no matter what happens, we're going to be together and that we're going to continue to serve God together. And I believe that after a while, they finally saw that, hey, we're going to be immovable. My parents are going to be, they're unshakable now because we mm-hmm. learned to be a team. We mm-hmm. learned to um, love one another. We, it was okay for them to see us say, I'm sorry, hon. I shouldn't have yeah. said that to you. I shouldn't have talked to you like that, babe. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, but they say we're the funniest parents around. <laughs> Still to this day. I mean, because we've learned to have fun with one another. We've learned to... Uh, enjoy the little things and and still it was not easy is what I'm trying to say to everybody is that people could look at our family today and say oh wow look at that they're so close and this and that y'all that's just the glory of God that was by the grace of God that he did what he did for us because we truly surrendered and said here we are God do a work in us because we want to make sure that our children and our grandchildren are going to be raised up not the way that we once were raised and so it it has taken a lot of work I mean I could I don't want to sit here and tell everybody, oh, it just happened and it just... No, there's a lot of tears, a lot of anger, a lot of on my knees, a lot of me and just me and Jesus in my little bedroom there, just crying out to him, talking to him, listening, wanting to hear what he has to say. How do I handle this situation, God? Because I don't know what to do in this situation. I knew what to do it in the world's way, but I need to know now what I got to do spiritually what am I going to do for them, God? Yeah. Because I want to be that mom who now, who once they could not trust and, and who left them and felt, they felt abandoned. I want to be that mom that says, and they can all attest, testify to this. I am that praying mama. When they call me with something, mama's on it. I'm a prayer warrior. I will get on it and start praying. Because I don't want them, I don't want them to know those things. I want them to know when, when mama's praying, and I want to teach them that so that they teach their children that, that, you know what, this is how we do it. We, we lift our eyes into the one, Psalms 121, it says, I lift my eyes to the one who, where my help comes from. Amen. I can't say rock or, you know, or run to the world like I used to do when I didn't know how to deal with something. Today, I do know how to deal with it. And it's not always easy, but I tell you what, today, 
we don't ever have to ask those kids to come over. We don't ever have to ask them. In fact, just last night, <laughs> they send a group message in our little Mi Familia page and say, um, we're, so-and-so's bringing steaks. Everybody else, go ahead and just tell who's bringing what to mom and dad's. And my other daughter says, did anybody even ask mom and dad? <laughs> but, I mean, how glorious is that? Amen. Two people that were so shattered and so broken. Two people whose lives were such a mess, but God has created such a message yeah. within us and our family because how they Amen. honor us and they love us and they always want to be by us all the time. Yes. And then, Amen. I mean... My God, he blessed us with Aubrey Grace. Yeah. We were we should have been having no more children. <laughs> but I know that he I feel like God said here because I would feel I would feel so bad. God, I hate that I left him. I hate that, you know, I would I would just talk to him about how much I, I wanted to go back and change things and I feel like we got blessed with um Aubrey Grace and she has not had to walk through any of that. She's only been raised in church. She's only been raised, you know, here. So I feel like that was such a blessing. Um, Amen. But I, that was one of the things I just wanted to make sure I told everybody is that they look at our family. It, it didn't just happen mm-hmm. overnight. That was a lot of prayer, a lot of crying, a lot of sweat, a lot of yelling, a lot of this and that. But today... I know that they love us, they honor us, and they care about us. It's a different kind of way that they look at us today. And they love their father, and they they honor him. And together, I think, because we're better, but we showed them that through it all, you've got to have, you've got to be in church, you've got to have that corporate anointing, you've got to have, you've got to be with each other. And so, I didn't need to take all of it. <laughs> so yes uh, she's absolutely right when I came back from California I rededicated my life uh, in jail uh, there was trust issues you know and so uh, I remember the first day I came back to church uh, and uh, I was walking through the hall and I looked to my left in a, in a children's classroom and I seen James Johnson and James Johnson, uh, he was uh, he who started the Overcomers Autonomous class. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Hey, Rock, come here." I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> well, I know James real good, and he goes, "Hey, man, we're about to start a class, and you know this and that, Overcomers. I heard you just got out of jail, you know, yada yada." And and I was like, Hi, "Who told you?" <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I started going to Overcomers Autonomous which uh, really helped me, you know, because it was, you know, because we need to go to Bible school and we need to go to classes that the church offers. We Amen. need that, you know, yes. that, that helps us stay on track, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, I, I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And, uh, and then I was the first graduate of uh, Overcomers Autonomous. And then and I sat through the whole year again the next year. And graduated with a bunch of us, you know. And so things like that, uh, you know, just showing my wife that I loved her, 
you know, telling her several times a day, you know, that, uh, you know, because I, well, I truly repented. I was truly sorry, you know, and I wanted to, by the way, back then when I wanted to straighten up, she had the wild hair and kept going, you know. So that's what made me move to the state of Washington. Anyways, I uh, just wanted to add that. But, uh, you know, continue being faithful in, a, in your, your church attendance, faithfulness mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Especially when you're raising children, you want them to mm-hmm. see that faithfulness yeah. and, uh, you know, and follow that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't always like it. You know, they didn't like me being up at the church all the time, helping mm-hmm. and serving. And he goes, why are you always at the church? I said, because if I don't, you won't, you might not see me here next week. Or, yeah. you know, I didn't say that to them, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking that. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, that's what helped me, you know, uh, keep my walk with God, you yeah. know, and, yeah. you know, and, and loving people. I learned to love people. You know, I love, you know, I love to hug people. I don't hug everybody, but I'm always, since he gave me that hug, he, he did a video on, on hugs. He went through the city of Sand Springs <laughs> film, filming uh, himself yes. hugging people. And, and so, you know, that kind of stuck yeah. with me, you know, and uh, good. I'm, I'm really touchy feely with my wife. She doesn't care for that a, a lot, but, you know, <laughs> I just love to have her touch, you know, her just, even in bed at night, just, just, just put your hand on me, and my, you know, you know. <laughs> but I love my wife with, with all my heart, and, you know, the Lord has redeemed the time, yeah. you know, because we were a mess, we already, we know that, and, but the Lord, when you think that, no, nah, you know, we, this cannot be fixed, this yeah. cannot be fixed. And then the Lord fixes it. But Amen. it takes you, it takes us to yes. be our dedication mm-hmm. to him. And, you know, like I said, come to church and, you know, the love, love one another. Jesus mm-hmm. said, this is how they'll, you know that uh, you're my disciples, that you have love for one another, you know. And so yeah. I want to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. I want to love everybody. You know, and it's easier to love you guys than it is to love my family. I can tell you that. But (laughs) I do love my family and they know it. I tell them often. I tell them often, you know. And so (laughs) trust was the the major thing, you know. But I got her trust by just staying by her side, you know, and loving her unconditionally. We have arguments. We, we have arguments, but, you know, Pastor Karen said it best last week when she said, resist, resist, resist. And I want to encourage all the men in here, resist, resist. You know, the enemy doesn't stop coming after us. Yeah. You know, whether if you're on social media and I get a lot of uh, friend requests or uh, things that you see provocative women you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I just delete, 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 mm-hmm. because he will creep in. He'll mm-hmm. try to creep in any way he can, yeah. you know. Right. And so uh, right. delete those things and, yes. you know, keep your eyes on one woman, you know, Amen. one woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the trust. And, and she tries, I can leave my phone. I can leave my phone sitting on the table, not worry about it, you know. Well, I never did anyways, but 
you know, for the last 23 years, I can leave my phone anywhere and she can look through it and I'm not, I'm not going, you know, or anything like that, yeah. you know, and that to me is a, a big thing, you know, yeah. because people, yeah. they're always got their face in their phones, you know, and mm-hmm. she knows she can pick up my phone anytime and look at it and have a forensic detective look through that if she wants, you know, and so, yes, we, we trust each other today, and we're happy. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, too, that the enemy knows where to attack you. That's right. Like me, it was being a father. The home that I grew up in, I was raised mostly by my grandparents, and so I wanted to be a good dad. That's all I've ever wanted was to be a good dad and a good grandpa. And every step of the way, he has tried to take that from me and tried to use that in each one of my marriages to try and destroy me and make me feel that self-doubt that I'm not a good dad. But you know what? I show my kids the, the Jesus in me. I show them my faithfulness in my church. And I show them that I love my wife. And so I think that I am a good father. Yeah. And but... You know, like with her, it was, you know, security, financial security. <laughs> Unfortunately, she married a guy that is an on- entrepreneur, and I jump in with both feet all the time, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I didn't give her that financial security, and over the years, the Lord has worked in her in that and worked in me, and me wanting to be a parent, you know, a dad, And so just know that he's going to attack you where you're weakest. What you want the most is where he's going to attack you. And you have to be prepared for that. Don't go into it blind thinking, ah, it ain't going to happen to me. Yes, it will. It will. It happened to every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And it never happens overnight. It's always just a little poke here, a little poke there. And then the next thing you know, he's got his foot in the door and he's opening the door. Where the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't kick the door open. He'll knock. And he'll wait for you to open the door. Mm-hmm. The devil will not. Mm-hmm. He will kick the door open and laugh at you the whole way. Yeah. And so you have to know that's coming. And that's part of walking a Christian marriage is knowing that those things are there. They're going to come. You just got to be prepared for it. Yeah. You know, pastors told us time and time again, the devil is a chess player. He is not a checker player. And I was terrible at checkers. But... He wants to play the long game. So understand that when he sneaks in, like right now, we even call it, we're like, okay, that's the enemy doing that. And it takes both of you watching for it and keeping your eyes open and having the comfort to be able to say, the enemy is coming in, you know, or I see this attack coming. We just went through an experience with my, my, my oldest son that I saw it coming. The Holy Spirit gave me the vision that it was coming and I was able to go to her and say, look, this is coming. We need to be prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it did. But we were prepared for it. Yeah. So just understand that you've got to be prepared ahead of time. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and we've been taught from the pulpit to have that word to stand on because those attacks are going to come. And you feel beat down and tired. And you've got to remember. You've got to stand on that word to remind each other. Yeah. Um, We've been standing on the Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego story of not you know, not being burned. And the Lord has shown us this is coming. This is going to be okay. I told yeah. you. 
I told you, and I'm not lying. Amen. My word is true. Amen. Um, and it's just to, the experience I've been through, it's knowing that most things, and, and you touched on it a little bit, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. One thing I can say, we've never had a fight about money. No. It's just we know, well, I know, I know, I know that I know that I know it's going to be okay. He's my provider. Mm-hmm. He's my protector. He's my source. Whatever we need, it's going to be there. Yeah. I don't have to rely on him for that. Something's going to happen. The car's going to break down. Something's going to happen, and the money's going to go out. Well, I can't worry about that. He's going to provide what I need. I can't waste my time worrying mm-hmm. about where's this coming from. Right. It's going to be there. Amen. And you've got to realize that those, you can't worry about those little things. You can't, money, not really a little thing, but you can't yeah. fight over that stuff. You touched right. on it earlier. In a year, it's not going to matter. Yeah, that's right. You've got to have that long picture. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, I want to thank you guys for being up here. Let's give them all a big hand. <laughs> it's not easy to sit up here and... Exposing your life and relationships is not easy. Uh, and some people may not know your stories and know things about you, but today you guys are wonderful examples. And that's why, you know, you were asked to be up here and to share so people can, they see you today and then they hear these things and they're like, what? <laughs> because you don't reflect that anymore. You don't, you don't represent that anymore. You represent a godly family and godly relationships and, and you show the grace of God and you glorify him with your families and the life that you live. And it's wonderful to see and it's a great blessing and it helps encourage us all that we can have that. We can get there. God's going to help us through all of our trials and tests just the way he's helped them. He's going to be with us no matter what. We just have to trust him and trust his goodness in all things. So we just want to thank you guys for uh, sitting with us these last couple of months and uh, letting us minister to you, letting people share their stories. Um, Make sure you tell them how grateful you are, everyone who's been up here. If they've touched your life, let them know. If something they've said has helped you or or brought a change in you, let them know. It's encouraging to know that God has done a work through them, not just in them, but the work in them is now causing a work through them. And that's encouraging to know that, that God has done that. So make sure that you hug their necks and tell them how much you love them. Since Rocky loves hugs now, we want to make sure and do that. <laughs> Make sure that you're with us on Wednesday night. We're going to have Galatians continue with Pastor Kevin. And then on Sunday, it's going to be our communion service uh, for Christmas Eve. Uh, we're going to have communion that morning and some wonderful worship and uh, take a, a communion as a body and honor Jesus and recognize his birth and appreciate and celebrate his life because he still lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> so make sure you join us for that Sunday morning and um, we're just going to have a good time. I want to remind you that on Sunday we won't be having children's classes. It'll be the whole family will be together on Sunday here in the auditorium. So we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a great blessing. So I'll just end this service with a quick prayer and we'll dismiss you guys. If you need any um, agreement in prayer or someone to encourage you, we're going to have ministers up front and you can come up 
and you can ask them to partner with you in prayer or believe with you for what it is that you need this morning. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, and uh, for these families today. I thank you for blessing these couples, Rocky and Lanita and Patrick and Nikki. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you have made them to be. I thank you, Lord, that you continue to prosper them and grow them so that they can become even greater blessings and reach even more people in their lives with the encouragement and the love and the beauty that you have poured into them. I thank you, Father, for everyone here. I speak blessing over them. I thank you, Father, that they have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name, amen.